This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hi, welcome to Breaking Bread. This is a show where we explore food through culture, conversations, and a whole lot of curiosity. I'm your host, Lo Yi Jun, a food writer and recipe developer from the Jun and Tonic blog. Today, I'm here in the studio with Melissa Shu from Tiny Greens, an urban microgreens farm in KL. Now, if you've never heard of the term microgreens, as the name suggests, these are essentially tiny vegetables or vegetable sprouts sometimes that are just about a few inches tall. They're eaten when they're still young, and in Malaysia, microgreens are often seen on top of salads, perhaps used as a small garnish for a side dish, but by and large, they are often relegated to the fancy fine dining sphere. But in the US, where I've worked before, and in many parts of Europe as well, microgreens do often play a bigger role in food, as these little plants are often the source of punchy, fresh flavors, and they're jam packed with a ton of nutrients too. So today, we are going to learn more about these tiny plants with Melissa from Tiny Greens. Welcome on the show, Melissa. Hi, June. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> okay, so just as an intro, why don't you uh, introduce yourself to the listeners as well as uh, Tiny Greens and what you guys do? Uh, well, hi, I'm Melissa, um, but I'm usually known as Mel on our IG. I have a background in IT, actually. And for the past five years, I was in logistics in Singapore. So I've recently joined um, Tiny for the past six months. And what I do in Tiny is I usually handle uh, most of the front-end stuff here, such as interacting with our customers, both online and offline, um, be it in chefs or restaurants or people just like me and you. Because we are quite small, um, we're a small company, I typically dabble in everything, from sourcing for materials, um, even planting, acquisition of new restaurants, uh, deliveries, creating and maintaining our Tiny Greens website mm-hmm. um, and the running of our social media platforms. Mm. And Tiny Greens itself is, well, you abbreviated it to just tiny. Is that the <laughs> en- endearing term you guys use for your for your company? Um, yeah, because sometimes <laughs> when we deliver to the restaurants that uh, they know us very well, then they will say, hey, Tiny is here, you ah. know, that kind of thing. So it's, yeah, it's indeed developed into a... a an endearing term mm, that we go yeah. by. Mm. And what you guys do is basically you farm and supply microgreens to people. Yep. And if uh, you listeners are, aren't familiar with what microgreens are, as the name micro and as well as your name like tiny suggests, um, these are very, very small vegetables or actually, I, I should let you describe them, <laughs> Melissa. So what, how, how would you describe microgreens? Right. So microgreens are actually baby vegetable shoots. And yeah, you're right, June. The word tiny indeed is inspired from them too because microgreens um, to us are really tiny pockets of goodness. So we typically um, harvest and consume them when they are at a sprouting stage. Um, but despite, if you look at them, they look very small, uh, but they do pack a punch because their flavors and their nutritional content and stuff and uh, antioxidants are a lot higher than the regular sized vegetables that you get in the store. Mm, and you actually brought some in with you here today. You bought three different varieties, yes. which we'll taste in a bit. But yeah, I think microgreens are something that Malaysians don't really see a lot of, although 
technically, because you are saying that these are basically vegetables in their sort of just sprouted stage, right? So if you let them grow further, they will turn into full-fledged vegetables, <laughs> will they? Um, well, for us, because we, if you look at them right now, they are seeded quite densely. Um, and if we were to continue to let it grow, um, I would say no, they wouldn't develop into an ultra big plant. Um, they are really meant to be eaten uh, when at the, they're at this stage. Mm, yeah. It kind of reminds me of, uh, you know, in like primary school, people did those like <laughs> beans around, yeah, tauge, <laughs> uh planting and the cotton wool. <laughs> yeah, but trust me, these have more, much more flavours than a tauge. <laughs> <laughs> right, so talk to me about how your whole company started actually, because um, it starts off with uh, Justin and Eugene, your two other partners. Yep. And how did they come up with this idea of starting a microgreens farm? Mm, so um, Eugene is actually a chef. And uh, Justin Lee is actually an architect. So what they did was that when they saw that they both had an interest in uh, microgreens, because it's a very unique ingredient when it comes to dining, but at the same time also what they love is also the concept of urban farming. Yeah. So why did they choose like why why did they choose microgreens versus like other common vegetables? Mm. Yeah. So because Eugene has is a chef and he was in the F and B industry, um, he noticed that the microgreens that they were using in their restaurant, they really had a unique aroma, um, vibrant colours, unique shapes, and um, their, most importantly, of course, their fascinating taste. So the restaurant that he used to work at uh, imports their supply of microgreens overseas, uh, internationally, but they weren't very cost-effective. Mm. And um, they really had to order like what they call an MOQ, which is a minimum order quantity. Right. Yeah, it was really like quite high. Lah. So... He asked himself, right, like, hey, if microgreens are so common in homes and restaurants in the West, then why can't we just plant them here at mm. home in Malaysia? And essentially, that way, microgreens, you can get, they are fresher. You won't have an insane MOQ. Plus, it will remove the pain of you bringing in these vegetables internationally. Mm. And right now, we all know that there is an issue with how um, food is produced traditionally uh, in the world these days. So large areas of land, they need to be cleared for agriculture. And uh, the issue of carbon footprint when you actually import these um, vegetables or produce uh, overseas or from the outskirts of the city. These are what we feel as uh, unsustainable means of agriculture. Mm. So it's not only the problem of logistics that we need to take into account for, but also the time taken for these harvested foods to get onto your plates. Right. Yeah. And so, do microgreens, like, they, do they die or like perish a lot quicker than typical vegetables? Yeah, definitely. Mm. Because like, imagine if you were to order internationally, how long will it take from the flight from yeah. there to wherever you order to, right to Malaysia, mm. where you can get one just less than 10 kilometers away from you. Yeah. yeah. But I think in Malaysia, at least before Tiny Greens existed, there were probably not a lot of places that were using microgreens, right? Yeah. Uh, I guess because of the reasons that you mentioned, like the MOQ, if you were to get it shipped internationally, mm -hmm. So in the beginning, how did Justin and Eugene approach restaurants and say, hey, we have this product, this microgreens, and why don't you try using it in your food and your cooking? Like, was it difficult? Was it challenging to approach restaurants or even teach the public about how these vegetables are consumed? Well, most of the restaurants um, that we initially approach, they are not that as difficult as the general public because um, the chefs already know what to do with the microgreens because mm. most of them, they are quite exposed to it, I would say. Um, and they also love the concept of how our microgreens are sent to them. 
like how they're delivered live, how they're delivered unharvested. So that some, in fact, some of our restaurants, they like how it looks so much that they actually put it as part of their core. Ah. Yeah. So, and also um, what they do is uh, they can show the customers that, hey, it's truly a farm to table experience. Right. Where they can just harvest right in front of their customers and place it on the plate. Mm. Yeah. Or maybe even their customers can like cut it with the scissors and put it onto their own yeah. food and yeah. salads or whatnot. Mm. That, that's really, uh, I think, a different uh, concept. And mm-hmm. you can really see where your produce or how it looks like. Mm. Yeah, because I think one of the problems now is that we are so disconnected with the produce um, that we have. Like mm. We can't see uh, where our vegetables come from, how they are planted, how they are even taken care of. Mm. So we hope like Tiny Greens wants to be the bridge between um, customers and their produce. Mm. What are some of the restaurants that you guys are working with right now or have worked with since the beginning? Um, one of the most recent ones we have is Kalia, which is actually the Japanese restaurant in Pavilion. Ah. Yeah, and an Indian restaurant actually is one of our new customers as well. They're called Kera in um, Bangsa. Mm. Yeah, and we do have um, the social group under our belt as well. Right. Mm. Mm. And how do they use these microgreens? Because in my head, I guess when I think of microgreens, because they're so small, yeah. I would see them as sort of garnishes on top of salads mm-hmm. or maybe just like a side dish or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But have all these restaurants that you've worked with uh, used them in more like inventive ways or like surprising ways maybe? Well, when we look at microgreens, yeah, the first instinct that people will think of is, hey, they, they are garnishes. Mm. But until you actually taste them, you will realize that each, every individual pot have their own uh, unique taste. So some of our restaurants, they have uh, actually introduced a micro salad. So instead of your regular like vegetables like lettuce and uh, your masculine salads, uh, they do use our microgreens as, as a salad component. It's like the base of the salad. Yeah, yeah. Mm. so they call it a micro salad mix. Uh. Right. And it's really special because, uh, as I mentioned, the, the plants have different tastes, right? So if you uh, have sunflowers, then you'll have like a nutty taste to it. If you have coriander, then the... Then um, the toothpaste taste will come. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you have coriander, then it's really strong coriander taste. Like it would, you won't expect these flavors from these little plants. Yeah. Mm, cool. And yeah, you, you, you brought in the three plants with you, which we are definitely going to taste in a bit. But for now, we are just going to take a really quick break. When we come back, we'll taste these microgreens and learn more about Tiny Greens from Melissa. Stay with us. You're listening to Breaking Bread on BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Breaking Bread. I'm Jun and I'm here in the studio with Melissa Shu from Tiny Greens, which is an urban microgreens farm. Okay, so Melissa, you brought in with you today, three different microgreens that you guys are farming, selling uh, at Tiny Greens. And do you want to explain a bit about them before we taste? Yeah, um, so June, today I brought uh, three of our microgreens. Um, the first pot here is uh, coriander and sunflower as well as uh, mustard. So maybe you want to try the coriander first? Sure. Yeah, then you let me know what it tastes like. Okay, so the, they're in these uh, little trays... So this is the f- the form where you like send them to restaurants, right? Yes. They're still alive. Yes. We send them live in the pots, uh, mm-hmm. unharvested. Mm. Yeah. So you usually, typically, um, you can pluck off or cut it uh, an inch above the root and then you, it's ready for you to eat. Wait, will it grow again if I pluck it off? Um, no, typically, <laughs> because people don't uh, typically regrow microgreens uh-huh. because um, 
Usually all the flavor and nutrition comes from the first growth mm. because the plant obtains all energy from the seed. So when you try to harvest it and then try to regrow them again, um, firstly, they won't taste the same mm. yeah, and they won't uh, look the same as well. So they will appear maybe uh, they look a bit weak uh, and the flavors just isn't there. So you won't expect the same uh, results from your second growth. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm going to try this coriander. Should I just pluck it? Yeah, oh, okay. you can just pluck it. And let me know. Wait, Should I take like, more? <laughs> I only have like no, one No, it's chip. fine. You will be able to taste uh, even if it's a little. Mm. Oh yeah, no, it definitely, I mean, it is coriander, so it definitely tastes of coriander. It just looks very different from the coriander or cilantro that you get from the market, right? Yeah. But it definitely has that fragrance. Yep. And I think the thing is, it doesn't, the, 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 the taste and flavor of it isn't as like forward as a uh, fully grown coriander. And so it's quite, it's a bit more pleasant, actually. Yeah. So usually for some of our herbs, uh, you can just rub your hands on the top of the leaf. And when you smell your hands, right, you will have the, the smell as Ooh. well. Yeah. So we do have a selection of herbs like coriander. We have basil. We have dill. And quite, quite a few more in our collection. And mm. a lot of our restaurants love our herbs. They also take a bit longer to grow, actually, compared to the other type of microgreens. Right. And I think the, the, the flavor of this, like the coriander... Uh, flavor isn't so strong, right? So I know like some people really don't like the taste of coriander. It really puts them off. So maybe they can try micro coriander. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so maybe it'll be it'll taste more more palatable. That's true because um, personally for me, I'm not. Oh, a, you don't like coriander? Yeah, I'm not oh. a fan of coriander too. Um, but for them, I think it's okay because it's quite subtle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not that like. Bam, and then this is coriander. This is me. You yeah, know? yeah, no, it's yeah, not yeah. that kind of taste. Ah. Um, and usually for microgreens, right, it, it sits in for a while and then you tend to taste it at the end that um, flavors from the plant. So, mm. Mm. Okay, should we try this uh, sunflower? Yeah, that's actually my favorite personally. Oh. Yeah. So can you, before you try, can you like sort of guess what it's, what, what the taste to? is going to be? Yeah. I mean, just now before before oh, you yeah. took on a break, we said nutty. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I thought I would expect a bit more, I guess when you think of sunflower, you think like floral. Mm. But I guess sunflower seeds are also like a thing. So maybe yeah. that will taste of sunflower seeds as well. Yeah. So the thing about microgreens is that it's very unexpected um, that people don't typically eat the full-grown sunflower plant, right? They only eat the seeds. But now you have greens that are sunflowers and taste just like the seeds. Oh. Right? So it's like juicy, it's nutty. Ah, but it's like also really fresh. Yeah. Ah, feels like there's a lot of water content in this as well. Because mm. I guess the stems are fatter. Yeah, so typically uh, for the microgreens that are uh, generally larger in size, uh, they are juicier and they are also hardier. So they tend to last a bit longer. Oh, I get the nuttiness. When I have like more... Mm. On my first part, I didn't get so much of the nuttiness, but then I took like three more. <laughs> oh, I definitely get it. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Mm. So actually what I do is um, when I plant our microgreens, I tend to plant an extra pot of sunflowers for myself. <laughs> because for some reason, among all of the uh, varieties of microgreens that we have, we do have about 15 uh, in our catalogue. Sunflowers are the easiest to grow, mm. but for me, it's my favorite because it's the tastiest. Um, I'm a lazy snacker, so what I just do is I grab a su- pot of sunflowers from the farm. And you just snack on yeah, these? Yeah, then, then I just have like a side of uh, salt flakes or something, ah. and then I just dip and watch oh, wow. Netflix. <laughs> That's so healthy. <laughs> but the thing is, right, it's, it's healthy, but it really 
saves me the hassle of peeling into a kwachi. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if it's gonna taste the same, then I might as well just yeah, plant true. it or to, yeah. to, to all the To all the uncles and aunties out there who like to snack on kwachis <laughs> while watching TV, maybe you can snack on a sunflower treats <laughs> instead. <laughs> oh, that's really cool. I've never had them before. And yeah. mm, the taste is pretty surprising. Yep. Okay, last one you have here are uh, mustard... Yeah, mustard microgreens. Mustard microgreens. Yeah. Great. Okay. I've actually tasted mustard greens before, uh-huh. um, but maybe not ones this tiny. I guess I'm expecting a bit of like spiciness from it. Yes. It will be a bit sweet, but spicy. Um, and our mustard microgreens are just simply what you expect mustard would taste like, like the ones that you find in a jar. So a lot of our restaurants like to use this also in their uh, dishes because it's... It's, it looks really pretty and mm. it, it brings a different flavor compared to your other vegetables. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it definitely has that, a bit of a kick of mustard, although it's a lot more subtle than like, uh, I guess, the condiment itself that people use for like burgers or whatnot. Yeah, mm. correct. So actually, like what we did one day, um, we, we were hungry, right? So <laughs> we're like, okay, let's go and order burger from our favorite burger joint. And after that, we were looking at our greens. Hey, why not? You know, let's shove some microgreens in there. And I don't know if you've seen that picture, but it's just a burger. And then we put like a bunch of sunflower microgreens for one. Another one, we put some white daikons. Mm. And it, it tastes super good. Mm. Yeah. So, so and, and we decided to take a picture and put it on our IG. And if I'm not wrong till date, that is the post that uh, received like the highest engagement to date. Yeah. Oh, cool. So, I mean, it's very versatile. You can not only like eat it raw, like what we're doing right now, um, you can put it in your food, put it in your regular meals, or even incorporate it into your dishes. Mm. Yeah. Right. So, so you personally at home, uh, besides snacking on like sunflower shoots when, when you're watching TV, do you use a lot of microgreens in your cooking as well? Uh, yeah. For us, um, because Eugene's a chef, so he, he will cook for you yeah, guys. Yeah, huh? he will cook for us. <laughs> and uh, Justin is a vegetarian. So mm. we tend to eat a lot of our produce as well. I mean, the thing is that we won't feed the other people what we won't eat, right? Yeah. So I think that's important because um, from the beginning when Tiny was founded, we wanted to grow it for ourselves. Mm. So that's why um, from then we did not use any pesticides, um, no chemicals, no fertilizers, no artificial fertilizers. Because... Yeah, we, we want to eat them yeah. and we are very mindful about what we feed ourselves. Yeah, no, I think it, it, it is really important. And the flavor is like really, really nice as well. And they're like really fresh and some of them are like subtle and you can just add them into salads and they add a bit of more like pep or a bit of uh, more interest to your typical salad, I suppose. Especially yeah. the sunflower one. That was a surprising one for me. <laughs> yeah. So the thing about them is that you can use it to make a salad and honestly, you don't need much like you don't need a heavy dressing to go with. Mm. If not, it will cover the taste. Yeah. Yeah. So just something like like a balsamic vinaigrette. Yeah. Right, right. A, a light balsamic vinaigrette or like olive oil or something. Then mm. that's good enough. Cool. Mm. Yeah. Let's talk about the business for a bit because I know that over the past few months, over the MCO, I'm sure you guys have been pretty hard hit with how the MCO and the pandemic is affecting the food industry in Malaysia. Do you see your microgreens uh, sales or demand for them go down quite a lot? Wow, MCO. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I remember when that happened, three of us were looking at our farm and looking at our plants and we we're like, oops. 
<laughs> because we were supposed to be out for delivery. It was delivery day um, mm. the next day before MCO was announced. So at the beginning, it was really challenging because all of our restaurants, they told us to halt the deliveries because they were closed. Mm. Um, and at that point of time, um, Tiny Greens were only focusing on B2B. Mm-hmm. So essentially, um, if there were no restaurants open, then we there was no place for our greens. Yeah, so uh, we hate wasting food. And uh, when we saw our plants, like they are perfectly good plants and they are ready to go out to restaurants and onto plates, um, it really broke our hearts uh, because and there was so much uncertainty at that mm. point of time. Yeah. So eventually, we sat down and we talked about it and we decided, hey, why not? Let's start a promo. Since everyone's going to be at home anyway, and since everyone's going to be their own master chefs at home, we we're like, hey, you know, maybe this could work. So what we did is we uh, started a promo that had a set of six microgreens. So we call it our variety mix. And this was more BCC, right? Yeah. So from then, we actually really revved up our social media um, and just to target the B2C audience mm. and the people at home. So we also wanted to give people variety. And as well as an element of surprise, because we didn't tell them what six microgreens ah, they were going okay. to get. Yeah, so I think that also allowed people to be more creative in their cooking. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, I guess everyone's stuck and bored at home anyway. So, yeah, I think that really worked out um, because they were really excited about the variation and gen- general outlook of our plants. Mm. Yeah, was it so, hard to convince or like educate people on how to use these microgreens or were most of your customers, most of the people who, who bought uh, your variety mix, they were already well-versed with how to use and cook and eat microgreens? Well, microgreens is very niche in Malaysia. So educating the public about how to eat it and why you should eat it is really a challenge for us. Um, plus, when they see, hey, it's so small. Ah. Mm. Yeah, if you compare it versus like a large vegetable, mm. for example. But for microgreens, really like less is more because um, there's a research, actually, a study on microgreens from the University of Maryland that says that uh, microgreens actually contain four to 40 times more nutrient than their regular mature counterparts. So they are more nutritious and because of that, they are actually considered as a superfood. Mm. Yeah, so in order to educate the public as well, um, for our side, what we did is uh, we created, like a lot, uh, three of us are quite, I would say, a quite creative bunch. So we actually hand draw all of our diagrams. Hang on, uh. Oh, you brought someone with you today? Yeah, so these are actually our, this is actually our catalogue. Ah. And all of the diagrams you see there are They're actually hand-drawn. Uh, it's actually drawn by Justin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, because he's the architect on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, all of our stuff is drawn and like everything that we put online is just gearing towards like teaching people how to make dishes with their microgreens. Mm, and that's why we also um, try to push out uh, recipe videos because Eugene's a chef, right? Mm. <laughs> and for myself personally, I've also um, been running a couple of episodes so far um, on our IGTV. Mm. And it's, it's a series actually called Talk to Tiny, but with me, with Mel. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so far, I mean, it's been getting pretty good um, engagement because what I'm just showing people is how life in an urban farm is like. 
Mm. Yeah, so like So it's how, kind of like a live stream of you farming as well? Um, Well, it's not really live oh, okay, I okay. wish <laughs> I could make it live one day maybe Um, But right now it's just like how we use our microgreens Like just now I mentioned about the snacks uh, Microgreen snacks So we do have that sunflower snacks as well And then the most recent one I just pushed out yesterday Was about how we do our packaging mm. So I didn't bring the um, original packaging today But essentially when we deliver it to our customers We um, put them in bags and uh, all of our stuff here uh, in tiny, we don't use plastic. Mm. So all of it is uh, either compostable or recyclable. So when we send them out in the bags, right, usually I hand letter them. Oh, cool. Yeah, with the receiver's name and if the if it's a gift, like recently we have had a lot of people sending out as gifts. Mm. Yeah, like for birthdays or during MCO, a lot of uh, care packages went out. So we um, hand letter the receiver's name as well as we I, I fold origami. Oh, to wow. be stuck together with the with the package. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, yeah. It must and be really sweet to receive it. And with all these like origamis and a handwritten letter. Mm. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah, I think we just believe in the simplest um and the, the simplest things, lah, honestly, which is why yeah, they, they just look like this. Mm. Okay, so just now you were talking about your um, packaging for these microgreens, whether it's like when you send it out to restaurants or you send it out to individual consumers, your packaging is no plastic at all. So how do you keep these uh, greens healthy? Because I guess when we go to supermarkets, a lot of things are still, unfortunately, sadly, still wrapped in plastic, right? What is special? What is unique about your method of packaging? Well, yeah, when you head on to res- uh, to supermarkets, yeah, indeed, everything is already pre-packaged um, and people don't know where the food comes from. For us, um, for our packaging, I, I guess what we're trying to do is we're taking baby steps there um, to be a more uh, sustainable business. So that's our, our goal, right? We had a tough time trying to um, settle for a sustainable packaging while taking into account it still needs to hold water, it still needs to hold soil, mm. and um, it still needs to sit well for deliveries. So admittedly, when we first started off, uh, we used uh, disposable plastic pots and we realized that that simply couldn't, we, we can't do that anymore because the three of us, I think we, I believe we are quite, we, we do care for the environment a lot. Mm. So we eventually, uh, we were looking for proper packaging for, for a while and we eventually transitioned into the aluminium pots that you see today. Mm. Yeah, so because we really just wanted to cut plastic out of our agenda, so like everything is compostable, everything is recyclable. So like even after you um, harvest your microgreens, the balance we can we usually encourage our customers to either compost it. If not then they can put it in their garden if they have plants. And the soil actually contains a lot of good nutrients uh, mm. for the other plants. So Typically, really nothing goes to waste. Mm. And I saw that on your catalogue here, you also have like different sizes of microgreens. And for your large one, which is like this six-in-one pot Mm -hmm. or container, Mm -hmm. it's like a reusable plastic one. So you guys will come and collect it after after you send it there and after the microgreens have been used, you will personally come and collect the the containers to be used again. Yes, yes. Mm. So really uh, what we do for our restaurants is that we tell them if they want the large size ones, um, we will send them in that kind of pot, uh, that kind of uh, containers, but um, we will wash and sanitize it when it comes back into the farm and we will just plant it again for their next delivery. Mm. Yeah, so that's the only plastic thing I would say that we use, but at least it's not something that is um, a one-time. Yeah, like a one-use thing, right? Yeah, mm. single-use pa- uh, plastic. Yeah. yeah, cool. 
I I mean, I'm all for the direction that you guys are headed with uh, in terms of being more sustainable and environmentally friendly. Yeah, mm. we've also come to a point that, um, you know, when we water the plants, we're also being a bit specific about how much water that we use. Mm. Yeah, so we don't want to be wasting water. So we do measure out the water in cups uh, to water the plants. Mm, you've kind of like figured out exactly how much water each plant needs. Yeah, mm. yeah correct. Because if you can see like certain plants, they do need more than the others. So we just adjust them accordingly. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, mm. a lot of thought and experimentation Definitely. must go into this uh, urban farm of yours. Mm. Yeah. Oh, and I saw something in your catalogue here that really caught my attention. So you have 15, you have 17 different individual microgreens. Mm -hmm. But the one that really caught my attention was like popcorn. Oh, yeah. So you have one. Yeah. <laughs> Does it taste like popcorn? Um, well, it's, it tastes like corn mm -hmm. um, and it's very sweet. Yeah, so oh. the thing about popcorn is that if you see, it's a it's yellow, right? Yeah, yeah it's the only yellow one out of all. Mm. Yeah, all the others are like green or even like reddish, maroon. Yeah, mm, but this is like one that really stood out to me when I saw the whole thing. I'm like, oh, popcorn. Yeah, because ah. popcorn, um, they have the yellow because they uh, grow in the dark. Mm. Yeah, so they aren't exposed to light because once it hits light, it will turn green. Oh, like okay. photosynthesis, right? Yeah, right. yeah. So um, for all of our plants, uh, what we do is they are planted and then they are kept in the dark for a couple of days before uh, we expose them to light. Mm. So essentially, but the other, but for popcorn, no lah, they never get light one. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it looks really stunning though in the photo. Yeah, mm. that's why they are um, sweet. And actually popcorn is a favorite among kids. Ah, okay. Yeah. Or maybe that's a, it's appealing to the to the kid in me. <laughs> ah, but um, yeah, let's just end with uh, talking a bit about the future of the microgreens industry in Malaysia. Because at the moment, I still see it as sort of like a fancy fine dining ingredient. Mm -hmm. But I guess with education, with more people using it, like um, your B2Cs, uh, your variety mix campaigns, and I guess your IGTV sessions as well. Um, yeah, I'm just hoping that would bring more attention to microgreens. But what do you think the outlook of uh, the microgreens industry in Malaysia is like? Well, I think that there's a lot of potential for microgreens here in Malaysia. Once again, it's a very new um, produce in mm -hmm. the country. Yeah, but I think growing microgreens during this time, as the world is facing several crises like the pandemic or the climate crisis, so there are many uncertainties and during the lockdown, we did have a taste of that. So there were restrictions for people to move interstate and there were panic buyings at the supermarkets which has caused some scarcity of food. So I think growing microgreens in the city is becoming more and more relevant these days because from seed to harvest, it typically the quickest microgreen takes about 7 to 14 days to be ready. Mm. So it's really like if you want to plant it at home, you only need two weeks maximum. As in for the, for the shorter microgreens, you only right. need about 10, 10 days to two weeks to plant them. Yeah, so for microgreens, many, of, many people during the lockdown has been asking us, hey, do you sell seeds? Like, mm. do you have a starter kit? Like and and we were thinking like, hey, you know, we want to put out a starter kit, um, because we want to encourage people to have their own uh, little garden at home, mm. um, and I'm happy to say that it is in the making. Oh. so yeah, we're coming out with our own uh, tiny green starter kit soon, and we want to encourage. We want to kickstart people's interest in growing their own superfood, which is microgreens. Mm. So for us also, we are we have been trying out other plants as well. 
and we hope to uh, grow edible flowers as well. Oh, that's yeah. nice. Because a lot of our restaurants are also asking for yeah. edible flowers. Yeah. Um, but because it's a little, they're more sensitive, I would say. I guess the Malaysian climate is a bit harder to, to grow all these little flowers in. Yeah, and in the lowlands as well. Mm. So uh, it may be a little bit uh, challenging, but we're still working on it. In fact, we've been... Working on it, like I guess for half a year already. Oh wow! Yeah. So is it close to being released to the world yet? I think the starter kits are earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because the thing about plants is that um, for especially larger plants, they take way longer yeah. time than microgreens. Mm. So a lot of R and D, and usually for each plant, we take about three to six months as well. Right. Yeah, yeah. There are a lot of intricacies within like planting. Mm vegetables especially microgreens and yeah i just can't wait to see how you expand your catalog further and these starter kits as well i might get them at some point <laughs> when you have them cool sure. yeah uh really excited for you guys and just want to thank you for coming into the show today minister thank you so much for having me june Now, that's all for this week's show. If you'd like to find out more about Tiny Greens, you can go to their website or their Instagram page, which are both tinygreens.my. To listen to more episodes of this show, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or on the BFM app. And finally, for some funky food writing or quirky recipes, you can join me on Instagram at junandtonic. That's J-U-N dot A-N-D dot T-O-N-I-C. I'm Jun. You've been listening to Breaking Bread on BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.